It's the Locked On Canes podcast, where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Cam Underwood. What's going on, Cam? After a very, uh, I don't know if I'm thankful this thing's over, but oof, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine for me. You know, Thanksgiving uh, was good. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed those uh, episodes that we recorded a little bit early. Uh, you know, at the new hashtag secret day job, I've been running into a bunch of Canes fans, um, which is pretty cool. And, you know, I interacted with somebody in my new role and they were like, hey, wait, I know your voice. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And they like called me out. They're like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, cool. So just say that you saw me, but don't say <laughs> what or where or anything. But so that's been, uh, you know, a little interesting or whatnot. But uh, no, I'm. I'm good. Well rested, you know, and everything. Just had a mid-afternoon nap, so I'm good. How are you doing, friend? Ah, oh, my weekend. I mean, the food was great on Thursday. Turn that it, up. Food went up. Food was great on Friday. The leftover, you know, the leftovers was always good. Those kind of things are great. I even had a leftover leftover on Saturday, and I, I kind of turned up on Saturday. So that was kind of good. Going into the next day, that was kind of fun. And then... Well, the weekend went down from there. Miami, well, we know what happened with Miami. And then to top it all off, last night, you know, I just, I'm, to quote one Ed Reed, I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me am I all right. Hell no. I'll leave the rest out. But you know where I'm going with this. Um, but you just said that you turned up on Saturday. So, like, the game was an enjoyable experience for you and everything. Like, hey, hey, you had bottles popping. You had music going. You probably had, little, you know, some dancing girls and everything. Hey, could have been your wife. You know, I don't know how you'll get down. I'm just saying. But you had a party, it sounded like. I, I, I turned up a little bit. I turned up. Okay. But then, but that Saturday, that, that Duke game just, it brought my spirits down. And Sunday nights, I'm a Patriots fan. I, I don't we don't talk a lot of NFL here, but I am the resident New England Patriots fan. So let, leave all the, the hate. Leave that to for me later. Uh, but, yeah, I know you enjoyed seeing me upset and crying and all that great. Stuff. I know you hate you hate us. So and, you know, you should thank us. But, you know, whatever. Um, Wait, that was a that was a Sunday night game. Yeah, that was a Sunday night game. Oh, I was sleep. Yeah, I, I went. I pulled a SpongeBob. You know the the SpongeBob memes that I'm gonna head out. I headed out at about twenty one to nine. Called it a night. I called it a Bruh, night. Bruh, wait a second. You saw the comeback from twenty eight to three, and you're telling me at twenty one to nine you left. Well, lying. there's there's a little lying. bit of a ba- there's a lying. Bit, there's a bit of a backstory, right? Anyways. So, so I was slightly sick, and I don't know what I had. So I just said, this is a good reason to go. And before I left and went to sleep, I posted um, on social media, I said, the last time that this team was in this building down this big, there was a Super Bowl that was won. And, well, when I woke up this morning... Well, that didn't happen. Yeah. So that's the whole NFL. Okay. I, we'll leave that to the locked on NFL people. But, um, you know, we have some canes to talk about. First off, let's get all the formalities out of the way. Make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Canes. You can follow myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. Make sure that is P E R D U E, not the school. And you can find Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. And I have a little bit of a small, uh, a little bit bigger of an announcement. We hit 10K uh, this past month. 
Yo. We hit 10K downloads, and that is all because of you, the fans. So we want to say thank you to you guys for listening to us and supporting us. Keep supporting us. We'll keep bringing the great content. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a Kane's thing. You just wouldn't understand. Exactly. And, you know, while you guys are at it, be sure that you like and subscribe, uh, you know, to the show on your podcast app of choice, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, um, or any other podcast app. Uh, just be sure that, you know, you give us a, a like and a subscription and, you know, rate us five stars because, you know, uh, we don't need the hating for anything less. And we give you this great content every single day. So, uh, you know, just put in your half, give us a little bit, you know, give us those five star reviews and likes and everything. We would appreciate that. So with that being said, Fred. Let's jump into the Duke game. So, we we have a let's jump into this whole Kane thing. So, first off before we ever get into this whole good, bad and the ugly as you guys over at State State of the U uh coin it. True. So, we have a little bit of Kane's news. First off, Trevon Hill defensive lineman, uh the transfer from Virginia Tech, the one hated Virginia Tech. Thank you very much for a, a decent season. Four and a half sacks, not bad. Nine tackles for loss, not bad either. Um, he is going to be foregoing the bowl game, and we can kind of get into that in a second. But and he will be—he has officially entered himself, uh, declared himself eligible for the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I personally feel he needs a. One extra game would not hurt his draft stock. I mean, I don't see him as a top 100 pick anyways. So you need all the film you can get, Trevon Hill. So um, pl- I'm going I'm to stop you right there. Trayvon Hill has already been invited and accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl. Boom. Like, they, that's it. You know, and the Senior Bowl, like we talked about, is an opportunity to work out uh, for and with NFL coaching staffs. That is with the majority or a a vast majority of some of the best senior available talent for the NFL draft. Agreed. So he has a time where he's already going to work out for a week and then a game with NFL, uh, you know, personnel there um, in that showcase for senior players. So he might not play in this bowl game at whatever far flung location that it will be in, but he's already going to have a a postseason showcase of which lots of players do not get invited to the Senior Bowl, but he was one who is already invited. So I don't see any problem with it. You know, for me, I'm one of those guys, one, just go. If you're not a – there's, there's like, very various layers you can add to this, like different requirements. If you're a first, a guaranteed first-round pick, you have no reason to play in a bowl game unless it's like a national championship game or, mm-hmm. or a New Year's Six Bowl. If you are a guaranteed first sec, actually, if you're a guaranteed top 100 player coming out, please excuse, excuse yourself. You have no reason to play in these bowl games, these meaningless bowl games. If you are not a top 100 player, get as much film as you can because, and it also depends on the opponent. If you're, if Miami gets stuck in some bowl game against a team that Miami should dominate, I granted, I, I put you know air quotes around should dominate because I mean, because we've seen that all year. <laughs> we've seen how that goes. So in the past, normally it would be we should dominate, but this one, mm, yeah. So. I get where you're going with this one, and I've been to the Senior Bowl personally, and I, and it is a great experience for these for these seniors because they get a taste of what the NFL is truly like when it comes to practices. Which, by the way, players run practice, and coaches just kind of coach. They just kind of help out. 
Just saying. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best experiences, Cam. If you ever get a chance, go. I'm telling you. Okay. You, you will. Ne- you will never. For- you will never regret it. Um. But. He, and neither will Trayvon Hill. Yeah, he won't regret it either because, quite honestly, you know, he's going to be able to have – I'm not sure who the the coaching staff is for this year's Senior Bowl, but regardless, they get first dib. Essentially, when you see a guy – if a guy works out, for example, um, a team like – when I was there was the Oakland Raiders when Dennis Allen was the head coach. And um, the your Lions with uh, when when Jim Schwartz was the head coach of the Lions, those were the two two um, those were the two coaching staffs that were there. And for example, Ziggy Ansah was happened to be there the year I was mm-hmm. there. And guess who drafted Ziggy Ansah? The Detroit Lions Ex- at number eight overall. Exactly. So and he made lots of plays, but tons of then plays. he got injured. But yeah, tons of plays. So there's a very good chance if you end up there. You have a chance of being drafted if you play well because they not only interview you, but you build those relationships. So it's a good it's going to be a good experience for him, even if it's just for building relationships. Right, exactly. And I mean, there are countless other examples of players who were drafted in, you know, maybe the third or fourth round. You know, that top third round is a top 96, fourth round is a top 120 or 28 uh, draft pick. So, you know, in the top half of the draft there and. Guys who were not necessarily on the team's radar, but they went to the Senior Bowl, they got to work out, and you get to work with your position coach. So the guy, a professional who's going to coach you, gets to coach you already. So just like you were talking about with Ziggy Ansah, Jim Schwartz being a former defensive coordinator as uh, the Detroit Lions head coach, he oversaw the defensive line coach putting Ziggy Ansah through drills. So a defensive head coach and the defensive line coach and the defensive coordinator all saw this guy. And were like, wait. He does this. He's twitchy like this. He fits in our actual defense like this. And yes, Zagianza had the size and physicality to be a first-round pick, but there's so many other guys who go there and put themselves on the radar from a seventh-round undrafted free agent radar to third, fourth round. And I think that, you know, for Trayvon Hill, he has the size and skills to be maybe a mid-round pick, even if you just look at one play like, you know, Duke, they, they, they creased Miami for that long run up the middle, and he chased down that running back pretty easily. That was a really amazing play that he made there. So you're going to take that, and then you're going to put it on the field in front of these coaches. I don't see a problem with him, you know, having been, you know, in college for five years already. He redshirted uh, his first year at Virginia Tech. So fifth-year senior. Played lots of plays at the ACC level. He dominated the opener for Virginia Tech against Florida State in 2018. This is a guy with plenty of film. Now he's trying to go get a job, and he's going to take a step away from the Miami Hurricanes and whatever middling bowl that they're going to go to in the pursuit of getting that professional opportunity. I have zero problem with it, and I wish him well. Now, the Miami Hurricanes do have – we have a few extra tidbits. Um, First off, Manny Diaz, head coach, has been – uh, he will not be available to the media until the bowl game, which whatever that um, meaningless, wherever it may be bowl game, it's the I don't care bowl, whatever, no matter what the sponsor is. That's just how it is. Um, and also, one Dan Enos, your, off- your offensive coordinator. You know how that works? You know, like how parents, is. They're, when they're bad, when your kids are mm-hmm. bad, they're yours. Well, right. Yeah, they're yours. Your daughter did. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Cam, this is your offensive coordinator right now. He, and I've said that because 
he's a fellow Michigander from Dearborn, so I will have to own it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he has been blocking people that have on Twitter after people have just been going at him. I've seen tweets such as, you know, when he left Alabama, he, he cleared out all his drawers and then left. And I've seen tweets like he should he should have cleaned out his drawer back when we played Mich- uh, Central Michigan. I've seen some crazy stuff and they're just directly adding him. And well, oh, yeah. he's he just he didn't mute people. He straight up blocked people. Credit to the people on Twitter with their spicy tweets we'll call it, you know getting spicy on the bird credit to them for not subtweeting credit for them to at Danino's. you know hop right in his mentions column yo i got this to say i'm gonna say it with my chest at coach enos what's up i applaud the audacity i applaud their personal temerity to go out and do that i mean look actions have consequences though you know, you want to get spicy, he ain't got to read it. So then you end up getting blocked. Me, myself, personally, I like to mute people. Because, you know, running a website, stateoftheview.com, in case you did not know, I would prefer that they continue to see the links and the content that we put out and click on it, whether they love it or hate it. Now, we never go for clickbait stuff. I give actual, or we give actual commentary and, con- you know, content for people. But I don't need to interact with you if you want to be stupid. But Danny you know, has decided to block people. Manny Diaz... And the University of Miami, uh, you know, athletic department, uh, communications staff have decided that he's not going to be available for any commentary anymore until the bowl game. Now, he did, uh, you know, the <clears throat> weekly Joe Rose show softball interview this morning on a Monday, which is whatever. I just find it curious because and I said this on Twitter yesterday for people who continually say that they do not care what the fans think they do not care what the fan you know what outsiders quote unquote are saying about the program that when i listen to these interviews whether it was on the joe rose show whether it was the former monday you know game week pressers it shocks me how the coordinators and head coach for the miami hurricanes routinely quote what people are saying on social media using their direct vernacular and specific phrasing like, so if you're not listening, how are you saying exactly what people are saying? I mean, exactly verbatim. That's funny to me. And then, oh, you lose to Duke, which, again, in case you did not know, this is the first time in program history Miami has lost consecutive games to Duke. This is also backed up with last week being the first time ever in the history of Miami football that we lost to FIU. So you have the, that occurrence in consecutive weeks. And now you cannot be bothered to be available now i get that there's no pending game right now i get that there's you know time before uh, any bowl game and the bowl practices start but this just reeks of cowardice to me sorry yeah you have to be transparent uh when you're winning it's it's turnover chains and you know even work hard play hard and we're playing in the pool with past tweets and oh and we're and never forget the um the at practice where he was p- 
pit, he picked a was it a tackling dummy. a tackling dummy and he tackled a dummy with seven and six on it and that's what we weren't gonna be and well you know how that worked out so it's it's cool when you're when when everyone's hyped and we have this you're trying to build this this hype beast but when you're actually having to face the face the music per se and make some tough decisions. We're right back where we started last week, last at the end of last year, going into the off season, and you know, it, it really it's a bad look. It's it looks like you're a front runner, and you know we had it, it's one of those things I really I'm really not liking about Manny Diaz and company, and mm. you know, it, he has a few chinks in the armor. Uh, I get it, you're a first year coach, but you're not handling it very well. And a first time coach. You're a first time head coach yet. And, you know, it's a, it's one of those things that just it's, you're not handling all that well. So, um, got to tighten that up. Definitely got to tighten that up. But we have some – we have more pressing things to talk about because the last time Miami lost a really, really bad game was last, last week. week. Last week. And it, we had some things to say. Well, we have some good, maybe, some bad, a lot, and some ugly even more than you think. And we'll get to that on the other side. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, so... This is the we'll, we'll go with the good news. It's very little, so we'll go ahead and get it out of the way quickly. And uh, you know, I went when watching this game. First off, I felt like I was watching FIU all over again. You know, it was like the defense played okay, but not good enough. Uh, there were there were moments in time I'm like, okay, the running game looks okay, and then it just everything fell apart. You know. Will Mallory makes plays. I really am. I'm really, really, really excited about Will Mallory, especially with the, with the best tight end in America coming back next year. That duo can be such a dangerous combo, especially if one can is showing that he's can be a bit of a bit more of a blocker than uh, many of us thought. So, he, with what's coming back. Even if there is no DJ Dallas, maybe even if there is no Jeff Thomas, good riddance. Um, even though he makes, yeah, good riddance. Uh, so I could see where these these pieces can fall into place, but there was so few great good moments. It was just hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely hard to watch. Um, <clears throat> You know, Will Mallory, four catches for 93 yards was awesome. Um, he did have three drops, though, which was not necessarily great. Um, and he could have, you know, really had a career career. I mean, that was a career high day for him anyway. But he could have, you know, been six catches for 145 if he wouldn't have dropped a couple of those. Um, you know, shout out to Shaquille Quarterman, who now holds the record for most consecutive starts at the Miami Hur- or with the Miami Hurricanes with 51 consecutive starts in his career. He'll make that 52 for the bowl game, uh, which is great. Um, that fake punt by Lewis Headley was awesome. It was um, the running game. He's a good athlete. Averaged. I mean, he's six four two forty five. Like yeah, and he, he played, moves. You know, he moves like he's a smaller guy. 
Right. I mean, he played Australian rules football, you know, and rugby and everything. Like, this is a guy, and, like, everybody in that game has to run and take hits and everything. So, you know, he's a big physical guy. Um, you know, shout out to Greg Russo and Jonathan Garvin, who each had two sacks in the game. Um, yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, Robert Knowles made a great diving play to break up a touchdown, but then got juked out of his shorts and gave up a touchdown run to the quarterback on the next play. Robert Burns came in, played uh, well in, you know, the, the game with his um, career high in carries and yards after Cam Harris got injured. Um, and Miami held Duke to 10 out of 25 passing, which is good but not good enough uh, because, again, you had a couple of guys slip in some coverages or and you, you missed some tackles and things like that, uh, you know, in, in some other places. So, yeah, I mean, that's a – and that's literally everything I wrote in the good. So I know that that scene. Oh, sorry. And Camden Price was one on one on field goals, which counts also. Um, but yeah, you know, it was you're, you're really trying to wring water or blood from a stone to try to find the good in the performance from, uh, you know, that game. And this morning on on the Joe Rose show, Manny Diaz said, yeah, you know, if you get a touchdown, all we needed was a touchdown in the third quarter and that game becomes a blowout. Well, then I, I get the optimism on that side, but the critical nature and the results-based you know, way that football works means that I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, if only we had had a touchdown. Now, Manny, I'm looking at you to try and figure out why we didn't get that touchdown, why this game did not turn into that blowout like you say it could have. Because by highlighting the fact that you think that if a touchdown would have made it a blowout in the third quarter because the defense was playing so well and everything like that, that means that, again, the Miami Hurricanes snatched defeat from the hands of victory, which is why I am questioning your ability to do the job. You know, for me, when I look at how this game played out, you know, it, it just seems like when this team is up, they're good. But the second they hit a little bit of adversity, and that's something that has to do with coaching there's some psychological things maybe going on. Some guys are front runners. It is what it is. But there's got to be somebody in, on that team on both sides of the ball that said that that galvanizes everyone. And for me also, there's just got to be some pride. Have some pride about yourself. You know, you're you're you guys are playing at the University of Miami where there is so much history, culture, and just a sense of. That saying, it's a Canes thing, you wouldn't understand. Well, at that point, at some point, you have to say, look, we are who we are. We're going to dominate you, and it is what it is. If you don't like it, do something about it. When I look at this Canes team, I haven't seen that moment outside of maybe that Florida State game where they just kind of kicked a bad Florida State team while it was down. I mean, yeah, but that was a close game for a long time until that crockpotting kind of took over. We hit those post routes to D. Wiggins. But the thing about it is, we've tried. That's been the thing. And if Manny Diaz wants to continue to praise the effort, then we have to say that this team has tried to instill their will upon the opposition. They have tried to go out and dominate and failed in the execution. So you're over there, Fred, saying, hey, we're going to dominate you until you stop it. FIU, Georgia Tech, Duke, Florida. Uh, Virginia Tech and North, North Carolina. Carolina all said, challenge accepted, hold my beer, we're going to stop it. And they did. So now what? The answers, it just seems like the an- Miami does not have a counterpunch at this moment. And I, I, I love boxing references. Uh, so it, you just don't have that. When you get hit in the mouth, can these guys respond? And I haven't seen it. 
I mean, it just it it's really amazing to me. You know, I hear all of this from these coaches, and yet it's the complete opposite of what actually happens. And while there is a little bit of good in in this game, it's not enough to get through the bad and the ugly. And we'll kind of get to that in a sec. All right, so we have a li- we had a little bit of good, but it wasn't enough. The only good would have been a win, but a win didn't happen. So the bad and the ugly. And I'll kind of lead this one on, Cam. And number one for me, run the football. Why is this such a hard thing for your offensive coordinator to figure out? Run the football. Because if you if you remember, and I'm sorry to interrupt, that was my key to victory number it one. It was. It was. I said run the ball and I clapped my hands and I put punctuation in between each word of that sentence and I sat here silently because there was literally nothing else for me to say. When I saw Cam Harris before the injury, it, I mean, how do you have eight carries for 44 yards just for just for those math whizzes out there? That's five and a half yards a touch, okay, and a touchdown. How do you not see that and say, until they stop running, until they stop the run, where you have an offensive line that is much bigger than their defensive line, lean on that offensive line and say, "Look, you guys are going to take us to home. You guys are going to take us to victory. And if they don't want to do anything about it, look, that's on them." It's like Danny knows who is our play caller, unless anything has been changed and we just don't know anything on the inside. He's the one with at the controls. It, it, it boggles my mind, and as a person that has had a little, I'm not going to call myself some great play caller, but I've had an opportunity to call plays at the high school level, and the number one thing you do, regardless of what level you play, you coach at or play at, whatever works, you keep doing it until yes. they stop it. Yes. This, I mean, there's no rule that says, oh, we get five yards, seven yards, eight yards of carry. And then, no, we have to throw the ball simply for the sake of throwing the football. You don't. And that's what's really been bothering me about this team. You know, I, just looking at the stats throughout the year, Miami, Miami's at the bottom of the ACC in rushing, yard, in rushing attempts, but the yardage is high. And it's like, yeah, because you're breaking off big runs, and those big runs kind of level out those averages. But at the end of the day, Run the ball, shorten the game. You know your offensive line isn't great. You do understand that your offense isn't that great. Keep the defense off the field, and they'll save you when it matters the most. Shorten the game, coach. Come on. I mean, yeah, it's just it's frustrating to see things working and then you going away from that just for the sake of going away from that. You know, variety for variety's sake, not for function, for form, for fashion. Um, and then these long developing play action passes, Yes, you know, where you do, you know, a fake power. So, you, you know, you, you pull the backside guard, um, to give the look of a run play, but it's really, you know, a long passing play, which when it works, yeah, those are the touchdowns at Florida state for D Wiggins over the top, but Florida state's defensive line wasn't really getting that much pressure comparatively. Um, Duke was. You know, they had that 210-pound defensive end who was just, you know, eating the offensive line's lunch. And then you're just – you're behind the sticks. You know, you're losing yardage. It just didn't – 
yeah, I just question what the methodology is. Like, what are you trying to do? And I get that, you know, the global on offense, you know, what you're trying to do uh, is score points. But the way in which you're doing that, I, I question greatly. Um, yeah, it's just not good. It's just not good, which is bad. On top of that, like I said, Robert Knowles saved a touchdown on one play and then got juked out of his pants by the Duke QB on the next play, gave up that one. Um, and it was funny because I was literally writing a tweet proclaiming how great of a play that diving PBU was. And I was typing as the next play happened and he gave up the touchdown. And I was just like, oh, God. So I hit send and everybody was like, well, the next play. And I was like, bro, I was typing about the one play he made. I didn't <laughs> think that he was going to go out and miss the next play. Yet and still. I would have erased Robert that tweet. Robert Burns has I been very sad. Sorry. No, no, because credit where credit is due. And on that play, I will give that credit. Jaron Williams, 11 for 26 for 143. Sacked seven times. That's disgusting. Sounds like the Florida N- game, doesn't it? Sacked seven times. Nikosi Perry comes in, goes two for nine for 19. He had like three throwaway, four throwaways in there. Ran a bunch because the offensive line was just turnstiles and an absolute sieve. Uh, he's, and he got sacked twice, stepped out of a bunch of other ones. I think he had five throwaways on the day. Uh, so, you know, two for four in his non-throwaway passes. That's still quite bad. Um, so even though, and you all know, I've written it and said it, Openly, I'm an Akosi Perry fan. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, he was great and Jeremy Williams was trash. No, 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 no. Both of them trash. Um, also, as well, in addition, a healthy Lorenzo Lingard with Cam Harris, with DJ Dallas out for the year and Cam Harris out for the game in the middle of the second quarter, a healthy Lorenzo Lingard played a total of one snap. What is, what is, in your opinion, what is the reason that he is in the proverbial doghouse? I don't know. I mean, maybe just because he said he wanted to redshirt because he wasn't 100% right mentally with his injury at the beginning of the year. I know that TJ Dallas and Cam Harris are very good. Um, so, you know, you get past at the top of the rotation. But at this point of the year, with attrition, obviously, like I said, DJ Dallas out for the year already. Cam Harris leaves the game. Then, I mean, you lean on Robert Burns and everything, which, again, I'm not you know, saying that he didn't do well in the opportunity that he got. But you play one snap. That means all the passing plays and everything that they ran. with. I mean, everything else in the game from the third quarter on, he played one snap on the first play of the second drive of the, thir- of the third quarter, and not again. I just, you know, I don't know. Offensive line was terrible. Uh, couldn't block the defensive end, ni- number 96, Chris Rump the third from Duke, who's, I mean, he's literally like 210 pounds. Like, that's crazy. Speed uh, rushers do get bigger offensive linemen problems. But, but it wasn't just speed. He went speed to power. He went yeah. straight power. He went, I mean, he did anything and everything that he wanted. In a basketball analogy, he was, he was Kobe cooking in that 81-point game. Ouch. You want post-up. You want mid-range. You want free throws. You want half-court shots. You want three-pointers. You want layups, spin moves, whatever you want. You got it. That's what Chris Rumpf gave the offensive line, which is terrible. Romeo Finley slips in coverage on a slot fade, and that gives up the last touchdown. Um, do you think the, the weather bothered Miami much because it was I don't cold? think so. I think no, because we've seen guys slip in coverage all year in clean weather. So I can't say all of a sudden that that was really a thing. But you know, he just—I mean, and Roman Finley is very good, and he played coverage very well pretty much all year and pretty much all game. But on that one play, he goes to flip his hips on that slot fade where they're going—you know—a short curl, and then 
fade. It was like kind of a modified smash concept for those of you who know your X's and O's. And he just he went to go flip his hips, and he, you know, uh, it was opening to his right hand side, right foot, left foot, right foot again as he's turning and just slipped. Like, I mean, and we've seen DJ Ivy slip before this year. Al Blaze, Trajan Bandy, Romeo. Uh, I think he slipped one other time on Winfinley previously. Um, you know, so that's quite terrible. Four for 13 on third down. Ooh, wait. Ooh, we get to find out right now as we're on the podcast because I forgot to look. They're 130. They're, yeah, 130 out of 130. We're at the bottom again? Yep, 130 out of 130. Oh, by the smallest of margins. The Akron, 0 and 12 Akron Zips converted 26.38% of their third downs this year. Your Miami Hurricanes were dead last at 26.35% com- conversions. Just, that is, that is just dead embarrassing. Last. That is embarrassing dead beyond belief. And you know. You want to go, you want to go another step with that? Let's go another step with that. The Miami Hurricanes were 120th out of 130 in red zone scoring. I did see that. I did see I, I saw a host of stats where it was yes. for the ACC as well as uh, they were like 13 of 14 in virtually every – I think there was a, an 11 out of 14 in there in whether it was scoring offense, scoring, um, rushing attempts. It was – I mean, everything you could think of offensive production-wise was just piss poor. And it's yep. – and it's – it's directly tied to an offensive staff that hasn't – I mean, at this point, I would have took last year's offense. At least they could score when it mattered. I mean, this group is just – I don't know. It, something has got to be fixed or you're just going to see the same thing again. And if it takes, you know, cleaning house again and – Forcing a young quarterback to go through and learn another offense because we all know for us football folks, it takes about three years to learn an offense and know it inside and out. You don't have that long in college, especially when guys are leaving early. You don't want to keep changing offenses, but at the same time, you got to find coaches that not only know how to call a game, but also develop the players that they are. And we'll kind of get into this. We can definitely get into this as this offseason thing kind of comes. We have some time to really break this team up a little bit, break it down a little bit. Um, going into this whole bowl season, we'll kind of do that. Um, but it just, just it just bo- it bothers me to see. You, you hear one thing coming out of coaches' mouths, and I get it. They have to say certain things. They're coached mm-hmm. up to say certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But my favorite saying, it's on me, it's my responsibility. I, it if, is. I, if I hear that one more time, I am going to scream. I don't well, want to hear the Al Golden line ever again. But The thing about it is there needs to be action behind it. it. Exactly. They cannot be hollow words. And it is Manny Diaz's responsibility. And I, I tweeted out a video I saw uh, of PJ Fleck after they lost. To I Wisconsin. saw that. I saw and that tweet. I said, I... I vibe with that guy, you know, and I know that some people don't, and I get why you don't, but even in my previous career as a a choir director building a program from the ground up and things, my mentality and PJ Flex mentality are very much aligned, and 
culture I'm he's built that. there, whether absolutely Western because you Michigan live it and breathe it, and you have to live it and breathe it. You cannot window dress it. It cannot just be something that you say when you're questioned on the Joe Rose show or at a presser. Like you have to live it in that kind of a way where it is part of your mental being. But what I will say to wrap this up about the offense, the offense last year was demonstrably significantly better than this year's offense. And Manny Diaz came in and with one fell swoop said that was not good enough and fired the entire offensive staff. So what are you going to do now when the staff that you brought in has given a demonstrably, verifiably worse product on the field? What are you going to do now? I'm waiting. We'll definitely talk about we can We can kind of get into that and maybe what we would do if we had the keys to the offense. I think that will be what we'll do on, on a Tuesday where – we don't have a lot. We don't have any other games until the bowl game kind of is released and all of that stuff. So we'll kind of get into that as we go throughout the days and weeks up until this bowl game and going into signing periods and things like that. But let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked On Canes. Let us know what you think. What would you do if you had the keys to the offense? If you could just hire anyone that is available within reason. Obviously, we're not going out and going and going to get some NFL coach that is some offensive coordinator like Josh McDaniels or Cliff Kingsbury. You can't do that. But realistically, what would you do? Who would you hire? What system would you run? What would you do with the players that you have? Let us know what you think on, on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Uh, make sure you go follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. You can follow myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. We will be back with you t- tomorrow, and give a, we'll give our thoughts on that. Uh, again, guys, it's been great. We appreciate all the all the downloads, all the, the support that you guys have been giving us on, on social media. Uh, we will continue bringing the great content. You guys keep, giving, keep coming back, all right? So for Cam... This is Fred. This is the Locked on Canes podcast. It's all about the you. Go Canes.